Thank you for tuning in to the First Gen Hunter Podcast, the go-to resource for those seeking to establish a foundation in hunting knowledge, skills, and tactics. Well, this is a podcast that's been, what would you say, Brandon, since 2020? It's been a like yeah. three and a half years in the making. Um, yes, yeah. a guy that we've kind of heard about all along the way. In fact, I think all along the way means I think Brandon, you said, yeah. There's this guy at my church who is interested in hunting. I don't think he's ever been before. I think I'm going to invite him out, and he's just going to kind of observe with me for this first year, mm-hmm. and just kind of mm-hmm. you know get some of those sits under his belt. Well, that guy is yeah. now on the podcast, and he is a tag punching maniac. He is—he's uh, not only went on that that f- those first few observation hunts, but now he's—you've—you've uh, you've taken—is it two deer now, Joel? Like two two shooter bucks, and then um, mm-hmm. several does along the way to fill the freezer as well. So that's awesome, yes, man. Man, you do have some good tutelage there with Brandon. He's he's probably killed more deer than me at this point. But uh no, it's uh it's been really fun to hear this this story of of uh Joel and him getting into hunting and and Brandon really putting into practice what um you know, one of the main things that I asked him clear back when uh to be the co-host of this podcast. I knew it was because of that kind of a person that Brandon is and and Joel here is the living testimony of that. And, um, uh, you know, there's all sorts of things we got to talk about. We got to talk about X because I know Joel's, he's intertwined with X. He has X mm-hmm, and shed, right? You got, you got the shed off yeah. X. Yes. Yes. And um, mm-hmm. I think, uh, Joel, didn't you even get a shot on X once? Was that you or is that another guy? Yeah, um, go ahead. Personally, I didn't actually myself. One of the guys in the hunting club did, and actually, a couple of different encounters with a couple of different guys. So he's def he definitely lives in the in the stories of the of the diner. Yeah. In the hunting club for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, when I found that shed, the guys were at the property, and they were. I kind of got late. I showed up late, and I was like trying to find out where they were, and they're off in the sanctuary. On, on the 126 and you know just like really thick pine <laughs> and i'm like in the wrong direction i mean this is my first season of you know being a part of the hunt club and i'm yep. trying to figure out where they're at so i'm just walking around and i just stumbled upon you know in the random spot and i'm like oh, Brandon, i'm looking out at that point i've never seen anything yeah i've never seen a buck to foot you know <laughs> live <laughs> living yet <laughs> and then i found this and i'm freaking out like bread and so that that really just kicked things off you know yeah, um, man. Yes. That, that's one of my favorite parts. That's one of my favorite parts of Joel's story is is the one that he got that shed and and knowing that all you guys were in the woods with that shed in the back of your mind, like like uh, we got to yep. find this mm-hmm. thing, and then he's out here. Where are you? Oh, whoa, what's this? That's that's that is shed hunting in a nutshell, right there. Yeah, um, yes. and and uh, just the you know what I think it's probably. You know, it, it's hard to speculate, and, and with having such a good mentor like Brandon along the way, I imagine you would have stuck with it anyways. But I, but I got to think that that shed was probably pretty important for like dialing up the interest 
um, mm. for you, you know, just to like yep. have hands on something mm. that like, mm-hmm. you, oh yeah, you kind of get, you definitely get a taste of it with shed hunting. I think if you, when you pick up a nice shed, um, yeah. I, yeah. I think it like, it, it's obviously not the same as when you, mm-hmm. you know, harvest a buck and you're lifting his head for the first time, but it gives you that little bit of it, you know, that little taste. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and, uh, I think that's one of the and reasons I, why yeah, it's I so can... important. Yeah, and I can just remember when we found that shed, it was instantly my mind started clicking like Brandon because it you know this must be where he was coming through wintering, mm-hmm, going to food, mm-hmm. and it, we we really the you know, we call that the area the woodlot we we mm-hmm. hunt that if mm-hmm, at all, mm-hmm. and it was like whoa yeah. like, he came through here so it was kind of like then your mind starts thinking travel routes and you know mm-hmm. what was he doing so it just yeah. yeah you're in the off season and you're like oh wow. Okay. So he was here. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And that's a powerful thing, you know, cause when you see those tracks on the ground, like you'll see like a big track and you'll be like, yeah, that's a big buck, you know, um, that public mm-hmm. land that we were just talking about before we started this call, I was telling you guys where I almost shot that buck this year. I was, I think mm-hmm. the day before I was in there or maybe two days before that I was in there. And, um, I mean, I, I'd been in there. I, I've turkey hunted there and I've, uh, done some squirrel hunting there and some shed hunting there, but I, this was the first time I went actually deer hunting in there. And I'm like, man, I don't even really know where to go. And, um, so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to try and cut a good track channeling my inner Brad Willie from, uh, uh, big bucks, uh, big woods bucks up there in Maine used to be, mm-hmm. uh, uh, white mountain buck trackers. And, um, uh, just channeling my inner Brad Willie and just like, that looks like a good track. And I saw this giant like super splayed out track i mean like the the i mean i know they're hooves but kind of describe them as toes the the front toes on the hoof you know you got the dew claws on the back they were spread out so far it's like that has to be either a deformity or uh like a Mm -hmm. really heavy buck you know and but you still don't know because you don't have something tangible whereas when you have that antler it's like Mm -hmm. like joel saying x was here you know x marks the spot uh this is (laughs) i know i know one spot where this buck likes to be for sure and that's where you know of course the presenting sponsor good time to give them a shout spartan forge you you get your spartan forge out at that moment and that's when you really start dropping pins because yep Mm -hmm. mark the shed and then you just start looking at okay where's tracks where's the trail you know are there any scrapes you know within 30 yeah. yards, 40 yards, 50 yards, mm-hmm. you know, are there any significant rubs that to look at? And you can really start piecing the puzzle together. And the fact that your brain was already working like that, Joel, at that point, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. a testament to some, some good guidance there from, from the other fellows in your, your hunt club, and especially Brandon. But let's go back to the very beginning here, mm-hmm. Joel. When Brandon, sure. when this, when this crazy guy, Brandon starts talking to you about wanting to take you hunting, like, what were your true, like, this is true confessions time now. What were your true <laughs> thoughts when when Brandon started suggesting that to you? Brandon is a master with speaking and words, you know. Yes. And, you know, he was my friend before this. And so, you know, if I could go back and give him a yes or a no, I'd give him a yes a hundred times. But part of me too i need to understand right what whitetail 
hunting was to Brandon at, the, at that point, you know. But when he asked me, it was like, man, this sounds like a lot of fun. And I was, you know, talking to my wife about it, of course. I'm like, he, you know, wants me to kind of do a mentorship program. And, you know, it's kind of low key. And, you know, we, we'll probably go out hunting, you know, three or four times. I'll sit with him. And, you know, I was kind of explaining it to her. And I thought I always enjoyed the outdoors. You know, yeah. I lived in the woods in the summer and uh, growing up in Europe you know, my, with, uh, with hunting laws and regulations over there. my father wasn't a hunter. So we just never even thought about doing any of that. And mm-hmm. so when he asked me, I'm like, man, I love being in the woods and exploring and adventure. Um, I could really see, you know, getting into this. And so it honestly, it was a huge hurdle for me to just like say, Hey, I'm going to go, you know, get a shotgun, get my hunting license. I didn't know where to start. Yeah. And so, you know, he was there to not only say, Hey, do you want to go hunting? But let me help you take each step yeah. and, um, you know, really mentor you, disciple you through the process. And so for me, you know, I'm scared. A lot of times I'm scared to do new things and it's, this was a new thing, but you know, I had confidence in that Brandon would be like, I'll, I'll help you every step of the way, man. And he even offered to go do to the, uh, hunting class with me. You know, he's like, wow. I'll sit with you if you need me to, man. Um, and <laughs> so just, it, it was it made it easier and made it easy on ramp into get into the side of hunting. Um, and of course, Brandon has been a friend for years before that. And so I was like, yeah, let's, let's do this. So, um, yeah, definitely awesome. was, um, crossing those hurdles though. In my mind, it was like, this was the guy who was going to help me to do this. Yeah. 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 That's, that's really cool. So a couple things to unpack there. First of all, growing up in Europe, what's that about? I didn't know that you, you, you just were born there or he, your dad work he, overseas? Yeah, well, my, yes. My dad was in the air force and then, um, he, he got, uh, you know, uh, was in England. He, the Lord kind of pressed on his heart to preach the gospel. And so he got out okay. went to college. Then he went back to Europe and he, in the meantime, he found Mary, my mom. And then he was, um, he worked on a military base. Okay. Um, so we could have a visa, but then he um, helped pastor and he pastored a church for the American military in um, Würzburg, Germany. So okay. I was born on a military hospital um, there in, in Europe. And so, you know, was there until I graduated high school in Europe. Okay. So since you were born on a uh, military base, you can still run for president then, right? <laughs> Technically, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but... But no, you don't want that job. <laughs> oh, come on. Delaware gave us Joe Biden. Now they can give us Joel Pinson. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll, run, I'll run for um, vice president of the Tri Martin Hunting Club. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Approved. Oh, Approved. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, never say never. Give it another, you know, 60, 70 years. And you'll be fit for office, right? But. Uh, <laughs> Or unfit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, that's uh that's that's uh an awesome story, and I'm glad you have that that European hunting background. Just knowing the the contrast between those things, because we talk, you you know, there's a lot of conversation around that. I've talked about it on this podcast before, but I've never lived it. The whole idea mm-hmm. of the value of of having the freedoms, the liberties to hunt here yes. in America and having mm-hmm. public mm-hmm. land to hunt them on. 
you know, that's one thing, like we joke politics and I really don't have a political uh, party myself. I'm, I'm so all over the map on, on different issues. And I, I never find anybody that really, I feel great about, but, but, um, you know, one of the things that, that gets, that gets to be a controversial issue, which is, um, public land, uh, how much land Mm -hmm. should the government own? How much should be privately owned? And, um, I think that's where hunters help provide a great example to our nation that you don't just have to choose a party line on stuff because honestly, um, I'm going to guess that, um, just from knowing you guys backgrounds, you're probably more conservative voters and I'm a more conservative voter overall. Mm -hmm. Um, conservative, the conservatives, the hardline conservatives for the most part are anti-public lands. Um, if you guys remember back in like 2014, uh, there was a strong push. I think it was 2014 or 2015. There was a strong push from some Republican senators. Uh, I think Ted Cruz might have actually been one. Um, and then I think it was the guy from Utah. I can't remember his name. To uh, Mike Lee, maybe. Maybe. They, they wanted to sell off a whole bunch of, of public, of like, I think it was BLM land in um mm. in the west they wanted to open it up for, for mm. private private uh ownership and mm. um you know us as hunters we're like whoa what that's a, that's where we go hunting mm-hmm. you know that's where we can go right, to get yeah, an elk yeah. that's where we can go bear mm-hmm. hunting that you know you need mm-hmm. a lot of space for some of that stuff it's not you know you yeah. can't you can't go hunt elk very well on a 240 you know what i mean you need yeah, yeah you, right. you need thousands of acres <laughs> yeah. and so we need those yeah. and so my example there is we as hunters can can say you know what i am i lean this way in all these other areas but right there that doesn't make sense to me and what i value and guess what mm-hmm. i'm going to not i'm going to break away from the party line here and i'm going to be nuanced and i'm going to stand up for what i truly believe in instead of you know just what is the what is the political party tell me i'm supposed to think or vote you know right. what i think if people did that on every issue you know, like, like just went through it yep. and really put some time into researching it and seeing how their moral compass and seeing how they, they, um, you know, they truly feel about stuff and, and, um, use that to make decisions. I think we'd probably have a whole lot of other things that we would, we would feel better off about in our country than, than everyone just no. Yeah. you know, it's, is Agreed. it red or is it blue? And that's yeah. how I'm going to vote. Yeah. So, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, well said. But I think hunters. So maybe you guys have seen the. I think that there's an old Facebook page. I think it's called the Sportsman's Party, or something like that. And yeah. you know, I've often thought we should just create like a Sportsman's Party. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember <laughs> when Meat Eater did their fake, uh, their fake presidential run with Stephen Ranella and Giannis Patelis, like back in 2020. I would, I, oh, often, no. I and their their tagline was better hunting and fishing for America. That was that's what they were <laughs> <I> mean, running. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> I was like, man, that's that's exactly what we need. Just, that's a platform yeah. right there. That's good. that's that's right. That's right. <laughs> but no, it's it's uh it's cool to see though that you've come from Europe where where uh, we don't have those public lands and or they don't have those public lands like we do where right. you are free to hunt. They might have public land. I don't know, but 
you like to go and hunt them is a whole new right. con- consideration. Not that there isn't hunting in Europe, but um, mm-hmm. it's a it's a way different thing. And in some places, pretty much unattainable for you know the average Correct. middle class citizen. You know, and I think that's one of the the strongest points of our middle class in America is that we have the freedom to hunt and we have the, the, the space to do it. I think that that's really a, uh, to me, that's one of our greatest exercises in our, in our Liberty is to go out onto lands owned by our country that anyone can access and anyone can hunt, Mm -hmm. fish, trap, bird, watch, hike, e-bike, you know, all the, go on down the, the list. And that's, that to me is freedom right there. Yeah. Well, yes, when sir. you look to it at the complex of just leasing land, I mean, it's, if we didn't have the public land options, you know, it, you know, when you think about it, I know you speak for Delaware, but also I'm sure a lot of places in the country, it's, it is absurd as, as to what people are looking to get to lease right. land for hunting. I mean, it's mm-hmm. once upon a time it was it, it, the the culture was different twenty or thirty years ago, where you could go and knock on doors and and not saying you can't still do that. There there is an element which you can do that, still do that, but people now are realizing you know it's supply and demand. You know, so people are realizing, right. man, I've got a thirty acre piece. I mean, I've seen. I I mean, I had a I saw you know a local a local uh, you know paper a local kind of pamphlet paper type thing is called the guide. A few years ago, there mm-hmm. was a um, there was a seven and a half acre piece going for $2,500, seven and a half. Wow. Acres, <laughs> now. So I, I was, I was intrigued by it only because you know, you're always looking to see what, what's this COVID things that, you know, was surrounded by state land, whatever. Long story short, a buddy of mine who I've taken hunting, hunting in the past, he ended up leasing it for, you know, again, seven and a half acres for $2,500. Um, and he was able to take, I mean, I think he, he's still actually leasing the land. This was, they had it now for, this maybe this is coming up on his fourth year. He's probably taken twenty deer from that little piece. Wow! And his wow. son, his son got his first deer. You know, so it's. I mean, it just goes to show you what people are willing to do. Yeah. But the the reality is, I know my dad said many times. You know, we spend we basically spend six thousand dollars for the three hundred or so acres we have. So that's sure. what we that's what we spend a year. Um, between, you know, between the club members and everything. And my dad, my dad was the first to say, said, well, we got 10,000 acres of public land, you know, all around us, you know, that, that could yeah. easily be hunted as well. So, I mean, the access point, you know, for those who maybe they don't have, you know, they don't have someone who has access to land, but maybe they, ha- maybe mm-hmm. they know someone that's willing to, to introduce them to it and can get out there. I mean, it really makes a big difference, you know, with getting people Absolutely. into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you think of people and like, you know, the three of us, we're pretty fortunate that we don't have to go too far to find the countryside. Well, I'm I'm living in the countryside, right? But, uh, (laughs) but, you know, you take a, like you said, Brandon, somebody who wants to be a new hunter that's living in Boston, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Their only option to hunt is to go out to a public piece. They're not going to own any any land they're not going to even have a neighbor they know that they can go yeah. and you know their only option is is almost always going to be public land or even yes. just when you want to hunt a state that's way far away from where you live you know it is possible to get some private access <laughs> caleb was able mm-hmm. to line that up for us with our nebraska mule deer hunt but mm-hmm. um nice but that's like kind of out of the ordinary you know like yeah you're, yeah. you're just showing up somewhere you got to 
you know, you got to have that space. And like you said, if the, the with the price of land, let's say those public lands would have went up for sale back in 2015 or 2016, mm-hmm. whenever that was, um, right. who would have been buying that? You know, it would have been right. people with pockets so deep that the average guys who do, who were, you know, depending on those hunting acres, they would have never yeah. been able to um, compete, yeah. you know? So it's, right. uh, yeah. it, it's, it's a, it's a great freedom that we have. And I, I'm glad to hear you say that, Joel. I'm, I, I'm glad to hear, cause you actually know you lived it, you know, you, you've, mm-hmm. you've seen the difference between that, but so I'm glad you also yeah. went hunting with Brandon. So the first few times you're just out there sitting in the tree stand, um, was that like a surreal moment? Like, wow, I'm actually doing this. Yes, it, it really was. I remember the first time he went was uh, a warm September, you know, night. And we sat there and we saw deer about, you know, 70, 80 yards away, just a little bit out of range for, you know, we were hunting archery early season. And then we had deer mm-hmm. behind us. And, you know, Brandon, it was cool to see, you know, Brandon's like, you know, we could have deer come here. We could have deer, you know, down in the ditch behind us and come up this way. And it all happened, you know, and I was like, <laughs> man, Brandon's like, <laughs> He knows the deer. Yeah. And I got lucky. Did I know, you know. <laughs> no. Um, so it all worked out, and I'm like, this is cool. And, you know, the I just remember the first time that rang out, Kent. It was, you know, to this point, I had, sh- you know, even shooting guns is not a thing. You know, yeah. you don't go to a range in Europe. So, you know, to this point, I'm very a, no- a novice shooter, and, you know, the first time I was uh, in the tree, Brent used this doe that comes out, and I'm just, I'm like literally shaking in the tree like I got shot. You know, I'm just like <laughs> even overcoming some of those type of things. He's like know? checking himself. Like the first, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> so, so, I mean, it's just like we're so many cool experiences though that I'll never forget. Yeah. There at the beginning, you know, and yeah, and you know, I don't know some of you know even now I'm hunting of course solo or you know i'll hunt with in film for somebody or something but you know, those are some of the coolest hunting memories was you know, just getting to talk to brandon and like you know he's moving his neck super slow mm-hmm. you know did not make sudden movements and so i'm just copying him i'm like a little kid eating it up yeah he's whispering <laughs> you know i'm whispering so i know any of this stuff right I yeah mean, so i'm just like literally a copycat and some of great memories though definitely for sure yeah that i'm glad you brought those points up because it is it is part of it i remember i got invited on this hunting trip uh down to missouri with uh my my friend weston and his dad and um uh we actually through a connection weston had through work we got invited to hunt this 80 that somebody had down there and had pretty good habitat on it and um i remember like I shut the door too hard the first like morning that we were getting there. And you could tell they're both just like, you know, like tense, like when I, yeah, yeah, right. like, oh. you know, I'm just like, Oh, there's yeah. a, there's a first gen hunter moment right there. You know, <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, yes. I was, I was probably, I think that was maybe my third or fourth deer season at that point. And, uh, you know, I was still learning that stuff, you know, but you're right. Mm-hmm. As you, mm-hmm. you know, I'm kind of doing what Brandon did, but in a, you know, in a, with a brand, brand new person, <laughs> you know, with my son, yeah, Jonas, yeah. who's six years old mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm teaching him those things. And exactly like you said, Joel, it's like, you don't even think about it, 
you know, like, oh, when, when he's looking around, he's doing the old, you know, like, mm-hmm. like craning mm-hmm. his neck and leaning way out. And, I can't see anything, you know, and you got to tell him to yeah. whisper, mm-hmm. whisper, whisper, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, you mm-hmm. got to tell him, don't turn your head so fast. Don't, don't lean out like that. It's like, you don't even think about how much of that stuff you learn through time just by going. And, um, yes. you know, so yeah, I think it's good that you were doing the copycat thing. It probably set you ahead of a lot of other people. But also, what also I think was good is that, not that this is wrong, like it's a good, it's a great tool, not even a good tool, a great tool for teaching people is going into like a box blind or a tower blind where mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. now it doesn't matter, right? Just don't drop anything on the floor and don't mm-hmm. have a creaky yeah. chair, you know? Uh, but you can be moving around, you can be, you know, sl- you know, yeah. doing one of these numbers on your chair where you're swinging back and forth and you're probably going to get away with it. But Brandon took you to a tree stand and it's like, now oh, yeah. you know, you're in with the big, now we hunt. Yeah. Now we hunt ground blinds and you know, we made some mm-hmm. adaptions, yeah. but we didn't have a ground blind those first couple of seasons. And we, uh, um, it was, I mean, it was good though, as it being, a being a grown man you can you know you can pay attention and you can follow instructions where you know i'm i'm taking i took my five-year-old son he just turned six for his first time and man we went right to a ground blind you know yep, that's good things and stuff yep. but he's he don't get it the same way you know he's you gotta keep <laughs> reminding him whisper, whisper, you know yes. but it's yep. like yes i have that patience i have that willingness to be mm-hmm. patient because you know i think when you want when you learn something and we, any adventure in life, any, you know, new thing you do, you want to learn it the right way. Right. You want to mm-hmm. learn it a way that you're going to set up for success. And so, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Brandon really took the time to, I mean, even from like sending me on Amazon, like I was like, Brandon, what mm-hmm. kind of clothes do I get? You know? And he's like, here's some, not, not like, you know, fancy gear, but like, just get this man. Yeah. It'll work great. Stuff, yeah. So, cause you could, mm-hmm. you could be in you know, thousands of dollars deep. If you said, I'm going to go get, honey oh, yeah. cause you're going to look at mm-hmm. what the media is in the marketing. And you're going to like, mm-hmm. oh, I need this, mm-hmm. this and that. Brandon's like, no, Joel, you here you get this. Here's three different options. Pick one, you know, um, yep. boots, this and that. You know, um, he even gifted me a, um, like an entry level hunter set, you know, with the, some spray and some stuff to wash your clothes in and, Perfect. you know, a couple of different little things and some, some like lightweight gloves and a mask. And, you know, yep. it was great to be able to feel like, you know, a part of it and still like being like, hey, man, he's going to help you. You're, you're not in this by yourself. So, I mean, yeah. that that yeah. was a, to me a game changer to like say, here, I walk, almost like here, I'll hold your hand and walk you hmm. down this path. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that is a huge part of it too, is buying the gear. Brandon, nice move there with giving him the scent control stuff. That's what, that's a little, that's a little, that's a little hack for all you listeners out there. Whenever you uh, become a serious uh, deer hunter, you're always concerned about, is this guy going to take scent control as good as I, you know what? I'm just going to buy an extra, I'm going to buy the extra can of uh, nose jammer in the, uh, yeah. We've all been out there. We've all, we've all been out there and you know, you're, you're hunting with someone and, and it could be, could be anyone could be someone new to the sport or whatever but you know the, they smell like like a laundry basket you know it's like you know and it's it's you know it's usually not any intention you know it's just stuff right. that stuff really gets mm-hmm. in there really sticks in there yep. and so one thing i'll say about joel you know and, and it's it, what's cool about being a, a mentor is or a discipler you know in a sense 
it's cool to see people take to it and not just take to it, but like run with it. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's definitely what I would consider Joel. And there's some other guys that, that have been able to do that over the years. And some people are going to, are going to, are going to enjoy it, but they're not necessarily going to run with it and study it and love it. Joel yeah. was kind of the opposite of that. So, you know, so, so we've got, you know, our club, but then we've got, you know, smaller group texts going on. And I mean, just of course, season our wives are probably like, Oh, you, I, you guys are always <laughs> brainstorming and they're always, you know, but it's, it's so true. Yeah. I mean, it's like, we're, we're, we're like, we see the problem. So we're trying to come up with solutions. We're trying, we're bouncing ideas off each other. And Joel, especially this year, I mean, just had so many great ideas. And I mean, to, to, you know, to then see that kind of follow through with then success, I mean, it's just such a cool thing. So, I mean, your brainstorming, we've talked about so many times, it's so, that's so much of the fun of it. But when, when yeah. someone who is a newer hunter, and I mean, Joel is now, you know, he's now years, you know, several years into his journey. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just, if you can give someone a leg up like that and, and help them and mm-hmm. then they just kind of take to it. I mean, you're, you're help you're, you're helping them, of, you know, miss so much of that stuff that they, that, you know, a lot of people have to kind of struggle through for years because if they don't have the, if they don't mm-hmm. have the land, they don't have the support, they don't have the friendship. It can really be a, it can be a tough thing to keep going with. You know, so yeah. you can help someone skip that and kind of see a little bit, a little bit of success and enjoy that, man, yeah. it, that makes all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. That's well mm. said. Well said. Well said. So let's, uh, so let's fast forward now. You got, you got through your first few observation sits, you go into an off season and you find your first shed. And was that, was that that mm-hmm. first year when you found that first shed or was that after you'd already hunted with a gun for a year? You know, you, that's a great question. It was right there at the beginning. It may have been, so my first year observation, I didn't get my hunting license yet. I Mm -hmm. just was solely sitting. And then I worked on that in the off season. And I want to say I was able to harvest my first doe in the following season. And then the shed of X, is that right? Mm -hmm. Sound right, Brandon? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, so that's, that's good to have that perspective and then came the bucks right the uh when 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 you when you put when you put it all together let's hear the story of your your first buck yeah sure and just to back up if i can real quick is um the the first deer i shot yeah let's hear that one too that's a good one of my real quick it was it was a doe which thankful for the meat but this cool story i'm sitting in there with brandon we're sneaking in um, it's opening weekend of shotgun. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to this point, you know, I've taken a couple of shots with the shotgun that blew my ears off the first couple of sets. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now I'm, now I'm comfortable to do that to Brandon, you know, it's all yeah. good. So we were able to both be in this, you know, same tree, Brandon brought a climber and, you know, everything that could go wrong that morning went wrong. And yeah. it was just like, we were so loud getting in the stand, the climbers like banging. And, you know, at this point oh. I'm still learning everything. And, and yeah. so our buddy is hunting down, you know, a couple hundred yards away. We hear this shot and Brandon has, you know, one of the, one of those Bushmasters in his yep. hand, he's ready for like a longer range shot. I'm kind of for a short mm-hmm. range shot, um, with, with the shotgun and this, this doe, we didn't know it, but he, this, our buddy shot pretty nice buck that he was chasing this doe. What pushed the doe to us. Okay. And normally we don't, you know, opening, opening weekend, we're like, we're not shooting bucks. I mean, we're not shooting does. We're only shooting. We're going to let things happen. Yep. Second weekend, we'll look, you know, to get some meat in the freezer. 
And so I'm Brendan's telling me this. This was my first really opener. And <laughs> and here comes this donut. It's just kind of trotting through. And so, you know, Brendan's like, George, you're taking a shot. And he's like, we, we need to switch guns real quick. So we're in the stand <laughs> and this doe is just trotting and she's about 40 yards out. And so we do a switcherooski in the stand. <laughs> and then I'm, Brandon's like, I'm going to stop her. Get ready. And I'm like, whoa. And like, we're trying to whisper. I'm like, give me a second, Brandon. And so he's like, he didn't even give me that second. And he gave me a half a second and he, you know, stopped her. And then I just, I pulled the trigger and man, it happened. <laughs> but, you know, dropped her. Oh. I'm like, Brandon, you could have given me like three seconds, but he couldn't. I mean, she was moving so fast. Yep. So, yep. I mean, what a, what a cool, I mean, you know, you think you, you bring someone along and it was a two-year investment at that point, you know, Brandon. Mm, yeah. And so to be able to be there when I harvested my first year in the same tree, you know, and Brandon gets jacked. And so, you know, it's so excited for me, which is such an encouragement. Definitely. You know, um, and then to, to kind of have that story, you know, we both recovered our, our deer and we had the, you know, picture together with, with the other guy in the club and we've got the doe he, that his buck was chasing really cool. Like first deer story. So mm-hmm. yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that, that was, that was a great first. Yeah. That first is encounter. Really. That is so cool. And, and, uh, I love the, the little drama in there with, uh, stopping the deer and that's really, and, and it's interesting to hear it from your perspective. And then, uh, knowing what Brandon, you know, being a super experienced hunter, you really feel your way through those circumstances. Like how much time do I have? You know, what's Mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, what's the, the circumstance going on? And, and, uh, so imagine Brandon's like his calculations and your calculations were two different things at that time, because you're still a brand new hunter at that, that time. And Brandon's Mm -hmm. like, if I give you three seconds, she's gone. And, (laughs) and, uh, well, and you, you know, Kent, you're, you're right because you know, it's, it's, that's the cool thing too, when you're hunting and, and the cool thing, whether you're hunting consistent public land or you're hunting your own spot, the cool thing is, you know, where bedding areas are at, you know, where things are at. So, so for instance, that doe coming through, that doe was making its way back to bedding. Yeah. I yep. knew that. And when we had an idea, the route at which it would take, and there really was just because of over. <clears throat> hanging limbs and different things there was one spot there was yep. so so it yep. really was contingent on that deer's got to get to that spot when that deer gets to that spot that is the only spot we can stop it yeah we have to stop it there and you have to make the shot there and it's all got to come together and, and picture all of that happening in a span of we're talking from the time we saw the deer until the time the shot was made we saw the deer. we're sitting in the stand here we saw see the deer over here the deer comes but that whole thing probably takes 15 seconds, maybe. I don't probably not even that. I mean, wow. everything is just happening Super so fast. fast. I mean, just and, and in, in a sense, it kind of helps because especially when you're taking your first shot on a deer, you don't have a whole lot of time to even think about it. You are getting you are getting the crosshairs on that deer and you yep. are firing. You don't have time to even get nervous. I mean, right. he and I mean, Joel just Joel yep. crushed the, you know, just crushed the shoulder, made a perfect shot awesome. on this doe. I mean, we're just like, I think the context too of that morning, I wasn't even going to go hunting with him. Something happened. I don't know if I got up late or something. And Joel was like, Hey man, why don't you just, why don't you just come with me? And so it was like, you know, the the good Lord just worked it all out. But I mean, for for Mm. things, everything to happen like that, I mean, and then the preparation, you know, you hear that close shot 
And as, as an experienced hunter, you know, okay, if there's a close shot, something could be running by me any second. So we're prepared. You know, immediately you're you're in that preparation mode. So when something happens, you're ready to go. So just all those mm-hmm. little nuances yep. that go with it. That is just and but you know what? You can talk about that all day long until you see it in stand. That's what really brings it all together. Yep, exactly right. Very, that's spot on. And think of yep. how much Joel learned. Either you know whether and that's the other part too. When you're a first gen hunter, you you don't even know all the lessons you're learning until you mm-hmm. apply some yes. of those lessons later on. Yes. You know, it's like, Oh, yes. I remember doing this and I remember this was the outcome. Okay. Either repeat mm-hmm. or adjust, you know? And, yes. and that, that was probably one of those super valuable moments there for, for you, Joel, to kind of observe how yes. Brandon, you know, coached you through that, that, that first event that had all the hallmarks of, of a good first deer story shot a doe for one. I think it's always, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's awesome when people can get a buck of course on their first deer, but I don't know. I think it's almost good for you to get a, to like have that stepped progression, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I think you yep. can, you know, when you, and I don't know what I'll do if, if when I take my kids out and like say it's their first year hunting, and the first deer they get a shot at is like a five and a half year old buck. You know, it's like, what do you do there? You know, it's like, like pass. <laughs> no, but I think he's only two and a half. Uh, people make yeah, fun yeah, right, of him. Right. Uh, I mean, it's Here, like, give me the that's give right. me the gun. Let me take care of this for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. That's right. That's right. It's you know, I I think you know it can go both ways. You, I have seen it where, mm-hmm. you know, a kid's allowed to do that and man, hunting just is, yeah, it's kind of fun after that. But, mm-hmm. but yep. when you, when you yep. take away that, like <clears throat> big, the, well, if it's a big buck, several steps of progression, yep. you know, it's kind yep. of like that first buck. It's great if it can be a doe or a spike or something like that, where mm-hmm. it's just like, I'm just enjoying this. Cause I gotta, I gotta, you know, I got something right. Whereas yes. Oh, mm-hmm. now I'm a kind of a trophy hunter because you know next year if I have a four and a half walk by, well, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. not good enough. Yep. I gotta you know up the ante, and and yeah. uh, that's I mean as we both know, or as as all three of us know, you can't um, you can't just count on having many of those opportunities throughout mm. your life. Yeah, you know, yeah, and that is true. It's just. Uh, uh, you, you don't want to set them up. So I'm glad you got a doe for your first deer. And I'm glad that there was that little bit of extra drama in there. The, the weight <laughs> or the late wake up, the problems with the climber and everything else. Uh-huh. And it, is that not how it always goes? Cause Brandon, you don't use a climber very yep. often. Right. And it's like, no, not anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you kind of like, you kind of think it, you know, oh yeah, yeah. We can go together. You can use this stand. I'll bring my climber. I do that with my lone wolf <laughs> setup. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. We'll, I'll just do yeah. a hanging hunt. Just, just a hanging hunt, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, right. last light by the time you're out of breath, finally pulling yourself <laughs> into the tree stand, you know? <laughs> sweating. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. Sweating <laughs> profusely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how that part of it goes too. So Joel got a good glimpse at all of that, but, but obviously it ended well. And then mm-hmm. you went yes. to the next step of progression. So tell us about the first buck. <laughs> 
Well, I went into that off season getting that one deer and, um, you know, Brandon always kind of sets, sets the stage of saying, Hey, what's your goal? And mm. so I, my goal was, I, I actually got my first gun for Christmas. I was using, I was using Brandon's guns the whole time. And so I got my first gun and my goal was, I want to get, you know, a deer with my own gun, a dove. Yep. And, mm. um, so we went into that season. I'm getting a little bit more. I'm like understanding wind, you know, like reading thermals, reading mm-hmm. wind directions. And mm-hmm. the guys are all helping me out at the diner, showing me, you know, um, at that point, I don't think Spartan Ford to come out yet, but we, um, we were using a different one. And then um, I love, I, shameless plug, I love Spartan Forge because it's awesome. That's what I always use now. But anyways, moving That's on. That's good to hear. Um, Glad to hear it. Got into, <laughs> no, I, I use it. I heard it here from the podcast. Hey, and, I love uh, that. So it's great. Nice. Nice. I, yeah, man. I appreciate all the tips. I'm like, you know, the, is it Chase Burns out there? The land, yeah. with the land guys and, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, different guys, you know, it's cool to follow, especially when you're new, you're like, you don't know who to follow, who's yeah. good, you know, good content and everything. So, but anyways, mm-hmm. I'm starting to do a lot of these things in the off season, really pick it up. And, and I'm watching, you know, the hunting public guys and chasing yeah. November. I mean, getting into all this stuff. And so I get to an opportunity where um, I am a uh, student pastor at a, the church that Brandon and I go to. Mm-hmm. And so there are some woods in the back of our church. And um, there was a gentleman that used to hunt there. Um, he hadn't hunted there for several years. And so um, the, the pastor of our church um, and myself, we we're like, hey, let's throw a camera out and, you know, kind of see what's going on. Yeah. And we, we actually did that the previous year. We had seen some stuff and, you know, didn't really know how to go about hunting it. And so um, that off season, we really were like, hey, let's try to, you know, pick Brandon's mind and get him to help us see what we could do here. And yeah. It's always great to have options to hunt, you know, different yep. winds mm-hmm. and different, you know, what you're seeing on the property with her and stuff like that. So. Long story short, we we um, get a cam set up. We're getting different pictures. We're seeing some stuff. Um, I remember it was a Sunday morning, right before church is supposed to start. You know, and you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to leave your phone in the car. Or you're supposed to turn your phone off. But <laughs> I got a notification that there was this huge buck out behind the church. And I remember I, I was telling Brandon's brother Miles, I was like, Miles, we need to skip. We got to go skip church right now, man. There's a buck back. <laughs> and so. <laughs> So you got I sick mean, all of a sudden. It was like, <laughs> uh, exactly, right? <laughs> so that was November 13th. I believe that was November 13th of 2022. And and so I had the next day off of work and I was planning to hunt. Wasn't sure where I was like, all right, I'm going to hunt um, this spot. And actually I had um, purchased some some used um, hang-ons um, man. on from Facebook marketplace, just found that. And, mm-hmm. um, yep. they're like XL ones. I didn't know. I got a great deal. Brandon told me later, man, got like the granddaddy of them all for, you know, great price. <laughs> anyway, awesome. I, I got this stand. I had hung it, um, in the, uh, like right at the early season, you know, like September, mm-hmm. this is November now. And, and we had, I'd hunted it, I think once archery early season, hadn't seen anything. And so then that next day, Monday, I had off, and I was like, I'm going to hunt. So I hunted the morning. Well, I didn't sleep at all, Kevin. Um, <laughs> we, we had seen uh, – so I was so nervous. We had seen a couple of nice bucks back there, and and then there, there was this big buck that had just showed up, like, recently. And, and I was flipping 
I mean, I probably kept Brandon awake too. You know, he had to go into work on Monday morning, but you know, I'm texting Brandon, I'm texting Miles, I'm texting, you know, his brother Miles, I'm texting another friend. I'm like, man, I'm so nervous. And I was like, the wind direction isn't perfect. Should I maybe, you know, hunt the ground over here? And, and you know, they're all telling me, Joel, just just do what's already set up. Don't change anything. Yeah. You know, in a nice mm-hmm. way. They're like, do what you want. But you mm-hmm. know, I got I got the message. Just <laughs> leave it undisturbed as much as possible. Just get in there. Mm-hmm. And so but I'm I'm freaking out because I'm like, this is this is crazy. So I slip in there and it's it's before, you know, first light. And I hear something coming through the woods and I'm like, oh boy. And it came from the opposite direction. I was expecting anything to come from. It came from like the, the church property, like where the building is in the highway. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's a little, I mean, 30, 30 yards wide strip of woods. I was expecting it to come from the big section of woods yeah. off to mm-hmm. my left. And I'm like, what in the world? And it was, <clears throat> I could, when it finally got in front of me, I was like, oh wow, that's a nice, you know, seven point buck. Yeah. Was some, you know, I was like, we had had this book on camera. I'm like, but it's not the big one that I saw. So I was like, (laughs) I'm like, Hey, you know, one of the things too, you know, you see a deer like that as a new hunter, you're like, Oh man, I'm shooting. That's my first buck. It'd be great. But Mm -hmm. you know, it seemed to me like, you know, even in the process, it was like, Hey, with Brandon, it's like, Hey, if you're trying to shoot a big buck, maybe you, um, you know, like if you're hunting the afternoon, don't take the first shot at a first doe that walks out, like let, mm-hmm. let the afternoon develop, you know? So mm-hmm. the morning I was like, you know, this is the ruts on, I'm like, let's see what happens. This is a great buck, but you know, it's the first, you know, kind of weekend there of opening, you know, into the third day of ochre. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to, but it was great to practice in that moment. So yeah, I pulled nice. my gun up, got it, the scope in lined up and I'm like, I'm all freaking out like crazy, you know, nervous and stuff, but it was good practice. And I, you know, I'm thankful that the good Lord, he gave me three bucks to practice on. And so another one comes down, this was a spike. And so, you know, it was like the first hour I felt like in a weird way, it was like the bucks were parading through and I was just (laughs) there to watch the show. Yeah. Yeah. I see three bucks, two two of them being like quality shooters, you know, would have been, Mm -hmm. you know, going and, um, gave me that like the third one came through and now i'm not shaking as much you know so it's just even mm. in that hunt yeah was just cool to get that practice and pull the, and i'm like being so careful yeah. uh you know yep. just to kind of pull the gun up get some practice in um so i saw uh, another doe and another spike came in about eight in the morning and um about 10 o'clock the farmer across the property line starts mowing his field and I remember taking a video and I'm like, oh, well, there goes the hunt that it's over. You know, he got this loud cr- and he's mowing, you know, a huge, probably like a 15 acre field. And I'm like, uh-huh. okay, there's no, de- there's no deer coming yeah. out. Oh man. You know, so he actually spooked those two. I was watching in front of me, this, the doe and spike spooked them out and they, you know, kind of bumped off. So I get out about 11 o'clock and I, you know, I go inside. I, I had a, a, a inside the church, I you know, went to the restroom, had it. It was cool. I got something to eat. I call my wife and. You know, we have uh, at that like two or three and, you know, she's like having a rough day. And I was like, I can come home on if you want me to. I was planning on, you know, just kind of hopping back in there and, you know, going sitting back. And she's like, uh, and I, you know, she, I'm so thankful. She said, no, just go hunt. Oh, <laughs> so I get <laughs> back. Move. <laughs> I get the permission, you know, this is great. So I hop back up in the stand and. That same spike that had come in at 8.30 in the morning 
it it literally came in like three more times that afternoon like wow. at two o'clock three o'clock like on the hour almost so i mean i'm getting this the antsy antsy feeling out the nervousness mm -hmm. just having this mm -hmm. deer right in front of me um and um then at about 4 45 i get a couple does and um they're in front of me um and watching them intently and i'm listening watching looking i'm like waiting you know if one of these bucks that i'd seen in the morning comes out like this is the opportunity probably and i hear a noise behind me um in the tree and and where i'd set the stand-up location it was on a field's edge um where so my back was kind of to the and kind of angled to the field so mm -hmm. i could you know shoot the field but i also could see um literally on this this pinch you know this pinch where deer are funnel Mm -hmm. going from bedding and there's water and there's food and stuff like that and so i i kind of you know real slowly i look over and i kind of peeked in my right and my heart jumped out of my chest i mean I, <laughs> it, at that point it was like that's that's him and and mm. it's crazy because every single other deer came in you know either in front of me or you know from the right he came in left and went you know literally walked to the downwind spot mm. being mm -hmm. a mature buck he was and no one other buck mm -hmm. did it. and i honestly think if he would have been you know let's say you know 20 yards inside you know away from me into the field he probably would have caught my scent but mm -hmm. he was literally mm -hmm. under three so my thermals were going mm -hmm. on the top of him is is, is what mm -hmm. i've you know kind of yeah chalked it up to and so he yeah. comes right i mean he literally walked two two yards behind me i mean like just tight to this field edge in this thick strip of woods he cuts in and so you know i'm i'm hunting this way so i need to turn like this to take a shot and and that was where i started to make the first mistake to be honest with you hmm. because when i did that you know i, I kind of i got i got too um nervous oh, i'm going to take the first shot opportunity this is what i need to do and i and i bumped those does hmm. while i did that Mm -hmm. but when he didn't he didn't see it all happen he didn't hear anything because um he was cutting into the woods and there was some thick you know brush there and so he didn't see what happened and he you know he was about 50 yards um down wind of me and he circled back in he's coming back and i'm like oh my goodness i'm gonna take this shot so you know I, i'm at a wrong position i'm yeah. all turned over you know taking and i you know almost <laughs> an offhand shot essentially and you know, I I stop him. I shot first shot, and I he jumped and he ran about you know fifteen feet, and he stops again. He's behind a holly tree, and and at this point it's like four fifty five. Last light, you know, is like five twenty five, something like that. And so it's starting to get dark, and you're mm -hmm. in the woods, and I'm like, is that him? Is that him? And I'm like looking him up, and I'm like, okay, got the scope back up. I'm like, yeah, you know. And I'm like, all right, well, let me just put it his, you know, shoulder there. You know, one of the things Brandon's always taught me, you shoot until they're down. It's, if you get another opportunity, you know, keep taking the shot. You want to have you want to have an ethical, ethical kill on the first shot, if all possible. But you know, if they're gonna give you another shot opportunity, go ahead and do yep, that. So definitely I am, you know, hunting with the with the with Ruger four fifty Bushmaster, I re-rack it and and I take another shot. And at this point, he 
jumps from behind this holly and he literally gets to about 10 yards in front of me and he's looking up at me i got this on camera it's unbelievable but i mean he's literally looking up at me at 10 yards and i'm like what do i do and i re-racked again and i just sent another round downrange and that one right there when i hit him there kind of find out i hit him right you know square in the chest him in the pump house but he just bolts and takes off and so i'm freaking out and i'm like so I, i obviously i'm texting brandon brandon i shot him He's like, don't move. <laughs> He's like, stay, stay put. Don't move. I'm coming. You know, I'm like, okay. He's like, what happened? So I'm, I'm texting him what happened. I mean, it was probably mumbo jumbo when I text you, Brandon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, I'm just, I, I'm just so excited. So I think I have three shots in them. Long story short, and we could take, you know, all afternoon talking about this, but I actually missed on the first two shots, Kent. Wow. Clean misses. Clean wow. misses. And that third shot got it done. And, you know, it was so cool to have the guys there to celebrate. And we were able to, yeah. you know, be there as a team. And, and the pastor, uh, Pastor Woody came out and all the hunting club guys. And, you know, and it was great to celebrate. Um, but I was kind of shook at that moment because how did I miss? I mean, we're talking about a 35-yard mm-hmm. shot. Yeah. How did mm-hmm. I miss? And so, you know, I'm kind of going to bed that night. Super excited. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I think the pastor of the, of the church, he was, man, it was just meant to be. God said, you're going to get that deer and he's going to give you three shots to do it. <laughs> yep, <laughs> so, yep. uh, but uh, I mean, this might transition into there's still so much learning that I had to do at that point, And I'm still doing. Mm. Um, but Brandon was a, like, we got together in, a, in the next week or so and was like, hey, Joel, we got to fix, find out what was going on with your shooting, but then also let's try to help you correct it. And so, yeah. you know, that, that was, that made a big difference. Um, and basically what I was doing was and Brandon, maybe you could explain it, but I was just kind of dropping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anticipating the shots yeah. and I was dropping yeah. left and low, yeah. just to be honest. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so I, I just yeah. missed Calm on those fun. first two shots and I, you know, I was at an off angle shot. So that was not ideal. You know, right. obviously mm-hmm. you don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, in, yeah, peed how you're, you know, you're, you're shooting. But then also, I had some shooters um, issues there, and so we were able to work through mm-hmm. that. But yeah. I, I mean, Brandon, yeah. Brandon knows that we've, and I've been working on that even this this season. You know, just trying to yeah, work all those kinks out. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was cool too. So it I was mean, one of the well, and, and one of the one of the coolest things that one I think one of the best things you can do for your friend, and even even if you're an experienced person. Have someone watch you while you're shooting. You know, you're yes. they're shooting this yeah. way and you're watching them. You're watching their eyes and you're watching their 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 system for how they go about shooting. And what was going on with Joel was, you know, some people have a tendency to pull the trigger, which mm-hmm. is going to make you shoot high. And some people have a tendency, if you're mm-hmm. right-handed and you have a tendency to drop away, you're going to drop low into the left. So that deer was standing, you know, broadside and dropping low into the left, put it in front of that front shoulder and below it and, and, and beside it. So he mm-hmm. missed when the deer was standing straight on, he was able to clip enough of the deer to get that shot, that third round in it. So, I mean, just watching that system and then being able to say, Hey, you're doing this, yeah. let's work on your mechanics a little bit. 
and a lot of it too is you just got to get enough ra- enough rounds down range yes. to really yep. feel comfortable with your weapon. That's a lot of it. Like if you can if you can fix the mechanics or be aware of the mechanics, then from there it's just repetition. Because once you build up the right habit, you're good to go. So that's you know it, it's cool to be able to have someone that can sit there and watch you and and yeah. make sure that you're going about it the right way. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's very well said and, and so true and, and such a part of it that I think people um, maybe don't, don't even think about until they're in that circumstance where they're, you know, looking at, whoa, what happened with my shot there? How could I miss? I've definitely had yes. that happen on a couple mm-hmm. deer, you know, where, um, yeah. where, where even this year when I killed my yep. mule deer out in Nebraska, that doe, um, it wasn't a clean kill. The first, first time I hit her, I, I, I don't know. It was, it was, it was over a hundred yards, which is a far shot for a muscle mm-hmm. loader. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's part of it. But, mm-hmm. but, um, I don't know if I was, cause I have a tendency to actually pull the gun. Like when mm-hmm. I pull mm-hmm. the trigger, I can actually do like a little jostle to the mm-hmm. right with uh, yeah. the pole. Okay. And I may have done that. My scope may mm-hmm. just be off a little bit and I've never really had to face the music on that because I've never, you know, all my shots have been inside a hundred yards. So it's not, you know, yes. those, those little, those little, you know, being off by a click or two gets a lot yep. worse the farther out it gets. And so that might be yep. part of it. Um, but it's, it, it's important to go back like you did, Joel and Brandon, it's important for you to be like, Hey, I'm so glad you got that buck. We got to work on this problem though, because it's going to cost mm-hmm. you deer. Yep. It didn't yep. cost you a deer this yep. time. 99% yes. of the time you don't get that third shot and I want to mm-hmm. make sure that you don't need that third shot and <laughs> yes, you know, yep. down the road. Yes. Like that's a, mm-hmm. that's, that's a good hunting mentor right there to do that because I don't know that I would have the courage to say that to a friend because I wouldn't want to, you know, I wouldn't want him to think that I was like raining on his parade or jealous or, right, right. you know, or like taken away. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, and I, that yes. I think that speaks to your character though, Brandon, that you had that trust and respect from Joel that you could coach him in that way. And I think it's really mm-hmm. important to any other, yep. any other mentors listening in that, you know, you need to be willing to do the same thing, but yeah. well, fellas, as we uh, wind down with this one, I know you guys got to, uh, we can't call it what it is. got to call it the big game because it's copyrighted. <laughs> got your big game party coming up here pretty there quick. You go. Yes. And I'm yes. supposed to go shed hunting with Caleb here and the kids in a little bit, nice. but um, okay. real quick, Joel, can nice. we hear, can we hear the story of the, yes. of the second buck? <laughs> yes, sir. Well, that was 2022 and 2023 came around and um, we had some history with a deer. Uh, one of the club members shot a nice buck on in 2023, January, and he actually passed a deer that was, uh, we think probably like a two and a half year old, three and a half year old in that range. And um, mm-hmm. just he yeah. said it was looked look like a nice deer, but just a young deer. And so mm-hmm. it rolls around in the, the, to the off season and we're just doing all the prep work. I mean, I've really getting involved and trying to, you know, help as much as I can and learn as much as I can. And so we, we started getting pictures of this, uh, this deer often. I mean, like daylight, like it kind of looks like this might be really like his, his bedroom, you know, like we're getting, mm-hmm. because this is core area and, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's definitely the dominant deer and, you know, he's, it's just really cool to see this awesome buck. And, um, you know, we are making changes last minute to the, 
you know, to the property. We're doing things, you know, a Brandon, the weekend before the opener, Brandon goes and rips a ladder stand down, you know, and uh, moves it 200 yards to a different spot. Cause they're like, this is where we need to be. <laughs> so we get this uh, picture of steer and he's near where we're going to hunt. And so we're like, what do we do guys? And we decided to give it an hour and wait. And so we went and, and hunted and, um, you know, didn't see anything, but we knew the game was on. And and that began what what we really were calling a cat and mouse. At that point, like, man, this guy, we got to get a name for this deer. And, you know, so we ended up calling him Freddy. <laughs> and, uh, his tines were so long and they wrapped around almost. And, uh, you know, it's just like, man, this is such an awesome deer. And so um, Brandon's brother, Miles, and I were able to do a hunt um, going into like the uh, the Halloween weekend. I mean, it was good. It was a good front coming through. The wind was gusting really strong. And so we were out there in two different locations and didn't see anything, nothing, no deer, anything. We leave and um, we were able to get some intel the next day that, that he, that Freddie was in there and he like missed us by half an hour oh. and we will, we missed him by half an hour. And so we were like, Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> and we had a couple more a couple more near encounters with him. I mean, with different uh-huh. team members uh, from our club that, you know, like he was here and they were there. And, you know, he showed up here a couple hours or a couple minutes, you know, after daylight. And so we're, we hunted them hard, all of shotgun. When shotgun rolled around, I mean, the rut was on full, full steam ahead. We had some great success at another property and, you know, kind of all of our attention was focused on, um, that piece and sure it was uh i think wednesday um that some of the guys were there and and we kind of even ventured into the swamp and we're trying to like where is he we want to get an opportunity and really cool mm-hmm. to just kind of you know play that play along with the story and, and hear going to happen next and and see where he was going to show if he was going to daylight and it, it got to this the last weekend of opener and or, or the last weekend of shotgun. And so we were, you know, kind of deciding what to do. We had hunted Friday morning and um, a couple of guys got together, went to the diner, kind of just discussing what to do. And, um, you know, Brandon's like, well, Joel, why don't you go here and, and I'll go here and we'll cover properties. And we were like, okay, let's, let's do that. You know, one of us was going to hunt where Freddie was and in his location, the other one was going to hunt another spot. And, Miles sent a text message to us in a group. And he goes, what are you thinking? You guys both need to go where Freddie's at, you know, cover all, <laughs> yeah. all spots where Freddie's at, you know, cut them. And we're like, okay, Miles. I mean, it's 74 degrees. It's t-shirt weather in the middle of November. Yeah. yeah. There's a south wind. Um, where do you think we should go, Miles? So, you know, we were like, okay, well, it'll be fun. And so me and Brandon were like, okay, we're going to hunt the field edge about, I don't know, what do you think, Brandon, four or 500 yards apart? Yep, yep, exactly. Something like, you know, across the field. And sure. Mm-hmm. We didn't see, we didn't see deer the whole night. And it was like, it was one of those hunts where you're like, I'm out there enjoying, you know, nature, enjoying, you know, it's a great time to be in the woods. Um, you know, the sunset was so beautiful, you know, as the sun's mm-hmm. coming down, it's just, just awesome to be out there just enjoying God's creation. Yep. And you're like, well, it was a good, it was a good hunt. 
and um, actually had a black cat run in front of me, you know, <laughs> where I was sitting. <laughs> and I'm like, I texted to Brandon and Miles. I'm like, oh, we know what this is. And, you know, just, just, you know, just that yeah. kind of a hunt. You know, it's like nothing went wrong, but nothing went right. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I looked down, you know, kind of see what time it was on my phone. And, and I saw I got a text message from my wife and I was going to text her back and, you know, just double check when's last light. What do we have going on here? And, yep. you know, so my head's down and I, I, I hear a noise and I'm like, hmm, what's that? And it was kind of off in this strip of woods. Again, that's not even 50 yards wide uh-huh. where I'm hunting. It. And mm-hmm. we, have a, yep. we have a hedge road and then a big field that separates me and Brandon. And sure. Like what? What was that noise? And I'm like, I'm not going to hear. So I kind of, you know, heightened a little bit. And I'm like, okay. I text my wife back, put my phone down, and I did not see him enter the field. But Fr- but Freddie enters the field at 60 <laughs> yards. Oh man! And I see this deer, and <laughs> you, know, you know the the first story we talked about. I shot that doe. It happened within 10 seconds. Yeah. And I had to be ready. Yes. You know, you know, coach me through that. That happened again, right now, right mm. at this spot. And I did not really have the opportunity as with the other buck that I had shot where I had to really, you know, I was watching him for several minutes and I was, mm-hmm. this just happened so quick. So I, I, yeah. you know, I put my, I put my phone down, I pull my gun up and it clinks off the side of the, oh. the, the, the my position. <laughs> and I'm like, are you? I'm, I'm like, you're an idiot, Joel. What did you just do? So, and I'm like, oh my goodness. So he, he, he just acted like nothing happened though. And I'm like, and it wasn't super loud. Maybe he didn't hear, it, you know, but it was just one of those things, Hunter, yeah. you're like, your confidence shoots downwards. You know, you're not like, yep. oh, man, I just messed yes. up. So, um, and, uh, and, and really just say at this point, I didn't even know that this was Freddie. I knew it was a big buck. I couldn't sure. see it was, it was the last five minutes of light, you know, so I, I see a, I see a buck, get the, I'm like, oh yeah, put it right there, you know, right behind where I it in there and, and let a shot go. And, and he goes down right there. It doesn't wow. take a step. Sixty wow. yards. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my goodness, what just happened? And so literally my phone starts blowing up. Brandon says, Joel, tell me that was you. Joel, did you shoot? Joel, was that you? Like four text messages in a row. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, it was me. And I, you know, I get to take the, a picture and I'm like, big buck down, guys. I don't know which one it is, but it's a big buck. And so, you know, Miles, Miles comes over from work. Brandon meets me at, we, I, I don't even walk up to the deer. I see it. I say, I'm walking back to the, you know, to the trucks. And, you know, we'll wait for miles. We walk in and, you know, we're like a hundred yards out and Brandon's like, where's the deer? I don't see the deer. And at that point I was like, oh my goodness, he didn't get up and run. I watched him. No way, right? <laughs> so all these kind of things going in my mind. Like I watched him and as a matter of fact, I actually sent a second shot down range, you know, just to be short in Brandon style. Uh-huh. Yeah. Brandon yeah. Martin style. And so, <laughs> you know, and I was like, we walk up and then, you know, miles, I think he has the best out of all of us. He's he's got the light on and the cameras rolling. Like that's him. And I'm like, <laughs> at that point, me and Brandon lost it. I mean, we, we were like, yeah, it was awesome. did it. I mean, and <laughs> we got it on video, and it's not great, but it's one of those things that we'll always treasure. I mean, oh, just to be yeah. able to celebrate yes. with the guys and, yes. and to see this. I mean, this Delaware. I mean, I would call him a Delaware, you know, giant. 
on the ground. Yes. That's awesome, uh, yes. man. Just to see him it'd be there with the guys. And, you know, it was so cool. Yeah. We, we got took him back and several guys came out to meet, you know, to meet us there at the field. And then some people met us back at the house and, and mm-hmm. everyone. When, you know, my brother-in-law drove two hours from New Jersey to come down oh, you know, just to celebrate, so cool. you know, it, it was such, such a cool experience, man. That's yes. so cool. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what it's all about. And what a full uh, circle moment for you, Brandon, to like, yes. like, obviously you probably had that feeling with the buck from the year before that he got, but now, yes. you know, where you guys are, you're hunting together essentially, mm-hmm. but you're in your own stand separated by a ways and and yes. uh you know your hunt in a way is depending on his hunt you know you're, mm-hmm. you're trusting that your protege yep. to go out there and not blow up the woods for you and uh not <laughs> only does he do a good job of of uh you know being a good hunting partner but mm-hmm. he like does a good job and he tags a great buck yes. you know like that had to yes. be yes. pretty special feeling for you Oh man, it was so special. I mean, and Joel, Joel is just such a great guy, you know, just, and I'm sure the listeners and and you, even you and I chatting so much, you know, hopefully listeners can hear too and and understand. And Joel's just, he's, he's a servant servant. He's got a humble spirit always, you know, he's, he's, he's not someone that has to shoot deer, you know, he, he just enjoys Mm. being part of it. And, uh, I mean, that's special. And when you see someone that takes to it like that and enjoys it and, and wants to be a part of not just shooting deer, but also a part of the fellowship, a part of the camaraderie. I mean, and you know, too, it's special when you can hunt with a group of people where, and and Joel and I have chatted about this, Kent, you and I have even chatted about this, where there's not an element of competition. Yes. We're competing with our ourselves in the sense of, man, we we might have personal goals that we want to accomplish, whatever, but when someone else has success, we're never jealous or upset. We're always, we're, we're in fact, in, 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 in many respects, we're more excited mm. that that other individual has been able mm. to, to, to shoot something. And, and same goes for, you know, I know when I've shot deer, Joel's just pumped for me. I mean, you know, so it's just to, to be surrounded by guys that just support each other like that, man, I mean, you want to talk about just, just making things that much sweeter and that much more enjoyable you know, and that's, you know, just, yep. just, you know, it was just a, it was just a joy. I know to all of us to, as Joel mentioned, everyone gets together. Everyone's just high five and everyone's just excited. I mean, you know, that's, can, can you imagine, can you imagine doing, you know, having that whole experience that Joel had by yourself and, and how much, yeah, honestly, well how said. much less enjoyable it would be versus everything enjoying and sharing that together. And so, I mean, it just, it just, you know, just highlights the importance of, being open to doing things together, sharing and, and, and understanding that it is better to give than to receive. And it's, it's awesome to share in, in joys together. And when you can do it, you, you, it, it exponentially increases the joy when you're mm-hmm. able to do it and share it together. So just what, what a cool, yeah. what a cool moment it was to, again, I mean, here Joel is, I mean, just a few years in and he's, you know, he's already visiting the taxidermist a couple of times. He's, I mean, he's seeing tremendous success, yeah. but I mean, it's, it, it's awesome too that you know I can say I, I mean it's it's because Joel has put his mind to it he has studied it and he's been prepared for it you know and he's learned from the things that he's that he's experienced and that's huge you know if you have a mind to learn from these things and you take advantage of the opportunities you have and you enjoy it you live to enjoy it it's amazing the things that you can accomplish you know so it's it's a really it's a great testament to Joel and it's a great testament to the support group that we have and so. Needless to say, we uh, we had another record-setting year this year, and I mean the sky's the limit for next year. We're excited for uh, for whatever happens. 
Yeah, spot on. Well <laughs> yeah. said. What a what a great what a great way to wrap this one up. Thank you uh, so yes. much, gentlemen, for for coming on. And exactly like what you said, Brandon, you've said this since day one of this podcast is the fellowship of the brotherhood and the sisterhood mm. of the outdoors. Mm. And uh, yeah. this story fully embodies that. And it's a it's a great first gen hunter story. Um, it's yes. a great story uh, about you know if another listener who's maybe just started with hunting or maybe you're still not even into it yet or you have somebody that you're mentoring look to joel and brandon Mm -hmm. here as an example of of uh what can come if you uh do put in the time and and have the teachable uh spirit and have a have a good coach's mindset like like brandon does and and uh not being selfish and and uh you know really focusing on you and another subtle thing that i think that's kind of hidden deep especially in the story of your first buck is is joel's willingness to pass on some bucks he wanted to Mm. he wanted to hold out for what was going to meet his goal for that year Mm -hmm. and that's a grown Mm -hmm. that's a grown-up move there joel that's uh that's a long that's 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 not a baby hunter anymore that's a that's Mm -hmm. a that's Mm -hmm. an experienced hunter move you know that the fact that you're doing that within your second year of hunting is just you know, really a, a tremendous testament to, to how seriously you've, you've taken this discipline of, of hunting and, and adopted the lifestyle of hunting. And, uh, man, that's, that's really, really inspiring to hear your whole story. So thank you very much, gentlemen, though, for coming hey, on. Thank you so much, sir. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thank you, Ken. Ken, for having us on, man. And, uh, I, I believe that, you know, if there's guys out there, like you said, want to be a mentor, Man, Brandon definitely would have shown me the road, and, and he still would show me the road. I don't think that relationship will ever stop. You know, it's continue yes. to learn mm. and 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 take in each season. There's always Brandon always said to me too. Every time you go in the woods, there's something you can learn, and yeah. and I try to do that even to this day. Every time I go out, learn something. Yep, that's right. That's exactly right. Well, uh, listeners, please uh, remember this podcast is brought to you by Spartan Forge. Spartan Forge is the absolute best mapping and scouting app you can have in your pocket. I use it every single day. I'll be using it here in just a few minutes when I go uh, shed hunting with Caleb. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure Joel and uh, Joel, hope, hope you've gotten Brandon on board. I won't make you answer that, Brandon, but I hope you've uh, gotten on board. It's a it's a free download to get started. and uh, But then uh, I'm sure you'll uh, you'll want to get the, the full suite of what is offered there, especially the, um, the deer behavior prediction. And you heard from Joel himself how helpful it's been. Uh, through his journey as as a uh, deer hunter, and I, man, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Uh, so definitely go and hit the link that's in the show notes. Get yourself signed up for Spartan Forge, and uh, you'll be glad you did. Also, as uh, Joel grows in his hunting experiences, and I know Brandon's got some westward uh, aspirations of his own. I'm sure Joel will yes. pick up on some of that. Mm-hmm. You want to start hunting new species and new places. You're going to need a good hunt plan put in place, and you're going to need the tags to do it. I strongly recommend you go to easttowesthunts.com and get a free consultation with East to West Hunts founder, Alex Gruen, and uh, he'll work through what your goals are and what your dreams are, and he'll help put together exactly the service that matches those things. And uh, if you do book some services with Alex – uh, use 
uh, or just, just tell them that you heard about it on this podcast. Really, it's that simple. You do your free consultation. Be like, hey, by the way, I heard about you on the podcast, on the First Gen Hunter podcast. Uh, you'll get 10% knocked off your bill, which is a nice way to save a little cash there. And uh, then when you're done over there and uh, you go on your trip, now that you're a good hunter and you know what you're doing, um, you're going to shoot something, tag something nice. You're going to want it to be memorialized in good quality taxidermy work. Do not settle for bad taxidermy. Uh, go and get it done the right way. That's that's completing mm-hmm. the process. Uh, go. Yes. I strongly recommend you go to Old Barn Taxidermy. Sam Gaylord, the founder of Old Barn, has been doing his thing for over 40 years. He uh, does the absolute best work that I've come across. And uh, he has a team there at Old Barn that he has taught how to do good work as well so they can do a large volume of mounts every year because they have so many people on board they do over 500 just shoulder shoulder mounts every year and it's not a ridiculous weight like a lot of other places are um you know they tell you a year and i believe i've had all of i think the longest i've had to wait is maybe nine months for a mount so uh pretty impressive turnaround time yeah so uh i i strongly suggest you go and uh check out old barn tax you can find a link in the show notes and uh not just for whitetails they do everything so you shoot Uh it they can mount it and uh they'll take good care of you so go to the link talk with them see what uh you know your circumstances and then get the details worked out with them and then finally um, it's always important when we're out hunting, especially as new hunters with learning new gear, some of which is dangerous, <laughs> uh, knives and guns and, and, uh, uh, other tools, uh, even tree stands, right? All these things that, uh, are really important tools can also, you know, provide some inherent risk as well. And, uh, you need to be prepared for that. I strongly recommend you, you pick up a first aid kit the best that I know of out there is comes from my medic and uh, you get the, the essentials, you know, you can get your uh, tourniquet, you can get um, gauze, you can get um, some quick clot, you can get some splints and things like that. And you can just get them all in a regular med kit and just bring the essentials into the field, however you want to do it. I keep it, you know, in the house too. Uh, just, you know, I got kids, someone gets, hurt or something and got got the supplies right there to to keep a uh emergency from getting worse so strongly recommend you go to my medic you can find a link in the show notes when you check out use the promo code first gen 15 and you'll save 15 percent off of that i strongly recommend you do that so glad to work with all of these companies i wouldn't recommend them if i didn't believe in them they are uh they're as as good as it gets in their respective industries so well, thank you so much again, guys. Thank you to the listeners. If you haven't yet, please leave a uh, five-star review if you feel our show is worth it. And uh, a written comment is great as well. Joel actually left one uh, recently. And, uh, man, that was that, that made my day. It made my week when I read that thing. I love hearing <laughs> from you guys. And um, uh, just even sending a message on Instagram or Facebook or Go Wild. Um, that that makes my day as well. Just getting to reach out and, and talk with you guys one on one, ask about your hunting situations or or whatever. Just love hearing from you. So please do that if you haven't. And uh, I guess until next time, take care and take someone hunting. <laughs>